I confess, my favorite part of the nine-person gay orgy, how many parts are there? Okay, a lot. What, a lot nine? Of parts. Nine? Nine. That I was part of was the ass-to-mouth rimming that went from the headboard to the door. Like a train. Oh, that's some human centipede Oh, I left out the word train. Rimming train that went from the headboard to the door. Yeah, Yeah. because I was thinking human centipede, and that's not as sexy. Um. Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it. Except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. So two Octobers ago, I go to visit my grandmother, Roberta, and she falls out of bed one night, and after we go for a week without sleeping because her back is in so much pain, I talk her into recuperating at the nursing home around the corner. We get there, an admissions nurse takes uh, Roberta's vitals and weighs her, and then gives me a pamphlet about hospice, and instead of saying a few days, I end up saying a few months. So at some point, I go to visit friends in Brooklyn. The idea is to take a break, decompress, come back to Roberta, refresh, to be a dutiful granddaughter. My second night in New York, I'm out drinking with Dave, a high school friend who wore the most beautiful seafoam green and forest green two-tone tuxedo with a matching ruffled shirt to our prom. (laughs) Definitely one of those people who never had to come out. Dave tells me about a butt contest. It's every Wednesday at the Metropolitan, a gay bar in Brooklyn. Dave says he's going to enter it the next night, and I should too. Now, between diving off the cliff or not, moving across the country or not, getting on stage or not, I jump, I pack up my shit and go, I walk up to the microphone. I'm afraid of heights, of strangers, of public speaking, To steal a line from Maria Bamford, I did not want to do this show tonight. (laughs) Being naked in public scares the shit out of me. I'm an exhibitionist in my personal sex life, but it's hard to shake all the small humiliations that a secretly gay child accumulates over years of slumber parties and locker rooms, all the faux pas, near misses. You're like a pod person almost letting slip a glimpse of the green scales under your human suit. I'm afraid, so I say yes. If I'm not going to back out, I have to tell as many people as possible in the next 24 hours before the contest starts. (laughs) I call my wife, nothing but proud and excited. I tell my brunch partner, my dinner date, I FaceTime my sister who's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Dave texts me three pictures of outfits he has put together for me, and I choose one. The more I commit, the sicker I feel. A couple hours before the contest, I sit at a party, staring into my vodka tonic. Uh, This is supposed to be like uh, fun and exciting and voluntary, says a friend of a friend, right? (laughs) And I am excited, like for a pap smear. (laughs) 
or an oral book report. At midnight, I walk through the Metropolitan's front door into a miasma of sweat, wall-to-wall people. I have two feelings. I am disappointed that there will be so many witnesses to my humiliation, and yet relieved to be spared the embarrassment of mooning an empty room. (laughs) The bathroom floor is a lake of urine. So Dave pulls me into the coat check to change. By the way, one of the people who gave me feedback on this was like, this is a great place to add sensual details. I was like, you know what? I feel like Lake of Urine. They're going to get it. You guys know what that smells like. Never trust an MFA graduate. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, no. Uh, many, maybe 20 guys stand around chatting in the coat check. The coat check dude himself is voguing, duck walking back and forth across the tabletop, his friends cracking up at his mock serious face. I find one tiny dry piece of floor and start shrugging out of my parka. This is when motherfucking Dave tells me that the contest is not just a matter of like passively showing my ass. I have to make a one-minute production out of unveiling my booty to the music. Now, my parents paid for 14 years of dance classes. Three of them with Miss Sam, a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I can't think of anything that night except for the running man. Wobbling on one foot, and then the other as I pull at my jeans. I fret at Dave about cellulite, my Christmas gut, the zit on my ass, the hack job I did in my bikini line with a cockeyed disposable razor that I got for 99 cents at the bodega that afternoon. (laughs) And after about 45 seconds... Dave conjures up a masterful eye roll, even better than when we were in high school. Kate, quit being a baby. He's right, there is no crying and cliff diving. So with new vigor and my favorite mantra under my breath, fuck it, 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 fuck it. Which, by the way, is the same mantra I taught my students for dealing with test anxiety. Fudge it, isn't Williamson County. I tear my comfy undies and three sweaters and get into my costume, which is one of Dave's jock straps over a plasticky silver G-string he scrounged up and my least dorky bra that I have with me. It is not sexy. It is purple. Round it up. I jam my feet back into my sneakers, pull my hair into a high ponytail to channel Miss Sam and everything she taught me about hip isolations and fake smiles. I tie my flannel shirt around my waist to protect my modesty. I get back on that dance floor. I grimace enthusiastically and try to ignore how heavily my vagina is perspiring. Which again, Dave, such a true friend, took my, that dirty G-string home with him that night and was like, I'll take care of it. 
That's some shit you can only do with someone you've known for 15 years. Eventually, the drag queen MC calls contestants to the stage. She says stage. It's a foot-high platform with a railing that Dave has been leaving his scent on for the past couple hours. Besides me and Dave, there's a guy and two other girls, all in street clothes. Dave has stripped down to a gold sequin thong. Automatic winner, as far as I'm concerned. Because whatever guts it takes for me to stand up there is nothing compared to the courage it takes Dave to wear sequins in his butt crack. (laughs) The queen starts the contest by announcing the only rule. You have to show your whole ass. (laughs) One girl is out. (laughs) Ghosts. The other girl who sticks around keeps it simple. I was a fan. She clenches her cup of beer between her teeth, turns around, yanks her jacket up, her pants down, takes a bow, makes her exit. The other guy has a novelty routine. He was prepared. He rips off his shirt to reveal a heart shaved into his chest hair. He has a fucking joke written on his ass. For his grand finale, he bends over and does poppers while the crowd takes pictures of his winking butthole. That's like, following that is as hard as following Fat Bottom Cat, right? Like, what the fuck? Dave's performance is my favorite, of course. He grinds on the drag queen, he crawls on the floor, undulates against the railing, he twirls his earlocks, he somehow floats or flirts with the entire first row of onlookers, both simultaneously and one by one all at once. How does that even happen? Like, that is beyond. I do nothing special. Grinning almost as big as a second string Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I whip my ponytail around, I shimmy against my flannel, I shake my ass. My big move is manually shaking my ass with both hands. <laughs> Years ago, all the people taking pictures would have freaked me out. Remember when Oprah and everyone was like real concerned about her internet privacy? That was like all everyone talked about in 2001. <laughs> but now the internet is so awash in buttholes. A few pictures of mine. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Now that nobody has privacy, we all have privacy again. (laughs) The whole thing, terrifying. So fun. So fun to be terrified. Do I win? Of course I fucking win. A straight-looking girl in a jockstrap is the ultimate novelty act. As the drag queen walks me over to the bar to collect my prize, two damp 20s and a 10, I have a movie montage moment. I look around slowly. I see every detail in the happy faces and the swirling red and blue lights. The music falls like flakes of glitter in a snow globe. I feel floaty and bubbly and lit up. 
I hadn't felt anything close to this since I started camping out next to Grandma in the nursing home, wondering what else should I be doing for her, trying to figure out what my mother would have done if she was still alive. The buildup and release of all this fake fear and fake stress over something as stupid and silly as a butt contest <laughs> has, for a few hours, swept away all my real fear and my real stress. And after weeks of living in my head, it's a shock to have a body, to really feel that I have a body. A happy shock. Dave captures my real smile when he takes a few pictures to send my wife. Bedpist Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpist Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpist Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpist Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I once gave a radio interview at a leather convention in Chicago. The guy asked me to describe the kinkiest thing I did that weekend. I told him about a 20-man orgy with me in a sling. Nine. Like, what's nine? What the fuck? What the the fuck fuck is nine? Okay. A year later, my best friend asked me if I gave an interview when I was in Chicago. (laughs) Apparently, it was for Howard Stern Live on the radio. (laughs) About 50 million listeners heard me. My best friend recognized my voice. When I go on dates with women, I do not tell them that I am a transgendered male. When the chemistry becomes explosive, that is when I let them know. Now my saying is, don't knock it till you try it. These women will agree also. Date a trans man for a great orgasm. The more you know. I confess that when I was having sex and we used my Hitachi wand on me, the lights literally flickered on and off as my wand died an amazing death, (laughs) sparking while it was on my clit. I didn't have an orgasm, but way to go, Hitachi. May you rest in peace. I confess, every time I have sex, I imagine I am being broadcast and I get thousands of likes. <laughs> Me too, girl. I confess, my first and only threesome was with my large-breasted girlfriend and her friend. It was New Year's Eve. I was watching Golden Girls at home before they came over. <laughs> the sex was good. Golden Girls was better. <laughs> that is such a sick burn. Damn!